and welcome to the Dynasty Nerds Podcast. This is Rich Dotson here. Just here to give you guys a heads up about this episode. Uh, it looks like there was something going on with the board, and the audio file got mildly cor- corrupted with some uh, static. And there's multiple times throughout the show sporadically that um, you will get some static when I'm talking. It's quick. Uh, it goes over, goes away quickly, but it does come back throughout the entire show. Uh, we just felt that this show... There's some really good information to show if you could power through some of that static here and there. Um, get some good nuggets on some of these guys that are really good buy low opportunities, low risk, high reward players. So we felt the show was too good to toss away in the garbage. So we apologize for the inconvenience and we will get this resolved going forward. Uh, enjoy the show the best that you can. Ready, set, Welcome to the Dynasty Nerds Fantasy Football Podcast, where we discuss dynasty strategy, rankings, and all things NFL. So get ready to geek out on fantasy football with your host, Rich Dotson. With your host, Rich Dotson. And welcome to the Dynasty Nerds Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Rich Dotson, and my fellow nerds, Matt O'Hara. Hey, hey. And Garrett Price. How's it going? It's going pretty well here in this fabulous Tuesdays. The football season has now officially come to the end, and we are on to the 2020 season. Uh, us dynasty players have been there uh, prematurely and have been there for a while. Speak for yourself. But, you know, now the NFL's caught up to us. You know, so we've got a couple of things to look forward here to soon. Uh, on the 23rd, we've got the NFL Combine starting couple weeks after that we'll have nfl free agency so you know as we break down these rookies we will have a pause week to talk nfl free agency uh and then yeah it's more just rookies get us all the way to the summertime because there's enough rookies to talk about uh we'll do a couple mock drafts here as well after we break them down uh but we decided we're not gonna start breaking down these rookies until the nfl combine that we have exact measurements you know We, we have stuff to build off of there to go with the notes. So we have about two more weeks before we begin our official 2020 season of rookie breakdowns. Uh, and we're going to start today's show off with low-risk, high-reward dynasty players. So this is only some guys that you can get for relatively cheap, some cheaper than others, that were, you know, even if you flame out on them, eh, you know. It was it was worth the fourth round draft pick or whatever yeah. whatever you have to give up. Yeah, we'll we'll discuss value here of what we can get um, for these players. I have a couple guys here, um, a couple guys that I did have notes on that I want to talk about here. Or um, actually put into two really really good articles um, by one of our senior writers, Eric Korch. You can follow him on Twitter at EK Baller. Uh, again, that's Eric Korch. You can follow him on Twitter at EK Baller. He's a senior writer for us and. To me, he's a must-follow in Dynasty because these articles that he put, puts out for Dynasty nerds are tremendous. So and these good. are all free to read, too, by the way. Um, he just put one out on Tuesday about the fifth-year breakouts, and he talks about Brashad Perriman, who is one of my candidates, you know, low-risk, high-reward. But there's no read just to read his article on the website. So I highly recommend going on there. Um, I got a couple of notes about Tyler Higby, who's another guy. and He had an article as well that came out January 5th t- titled Higby. Versus Everett, who's the guy you want to own. And he comes to the conclusion it was Higby, which would have been my conclusion as well. He's got some stats on there as well. So I highly recommend checking those out on DynastyNerds.com. Uh, we have so many articles with rookies as well on there. So, But these are two articles I really just want to, to push you to. It kind of falls right into the category of what we're talking about. 
Yep. Uh, but before we get into today's show, let me tell you about today's sponsor, and that's DynastyOwner.com. That's right, DynastyOwner.com, a whole new way to play Dynasty Fantasy Football. Take the business side and the fun side, which is the Dynasty side, and combine them into one, and you got DynastyOwner.com. With their patent and mac mock draft tool, it's a glorious, beautiful-looking tool. That you can get in here and you structure your team, not like a regular auction league, but a league that's designed with an NFL salary cap and you use actual NFL players' salaries. How would you build your team if you had a salary cap and you were an NFL team? Me and Matt, you know, we, we talked about this before. We totally agree on you know, find a stud rookie quarterback on a rookie contract, guys like Lamar Jackson, and build around young stud Running backs on rookie contracts, you could build a really nice team on DynastyOwner.com. You can fill in in a lot of places uh, if you if you use that method. There's a lot of salary you can kind of stack on top of each other. So make sure you get over there and check out DynastyOwner.com. They are launching this year. Last year, we filled up their beta uh, with over a 1,000 of our users out there. And the tremendous feedback, not only from Dynasty Owner, but from actual people that use Dynasty Nerds as well, appreciating us sending them their way. Uh, they're only going to have a 1,000 new leagues this year, and that's you know 12-man leagues. So you got to get up there, get on their waiting list, check it out, dynastyowner.com. It's a whole new way to play Dynasty Fantasy Football. And there's one thing that I can tell you is that you're going to enjoy this format. So dynastyowner.com, check it out today. Now, some of these guys here, low-risk, high-reward. High so what's a low-risk player? You know, something that you're not going to overspend on. It's not going to cost you more than a third. I think there's one guy on this list who's for sure going to cost you more than a third, but I would think it would just be like a mid to late second. Um, we'll get to him, but a lot of these guys you can get for relatively not free, but you know. Oh, no, these are, I mean, guys, you know, to use an example of past guys that have, you know, were cheap and, and performed would be like a John Brown from this our, past year. On our list last year. Sure, sure. On. Like a Robert Woods when he was leaving Buffalo and then, you know, went to the Rams and, you know, mm -hmm. and obviously had a lot more success there. So those are the type of guys that we're talking about in this I think Kenyon Drake made the list uh, last year as well. Uh, even though he was a projected starter, he was, he was somebody we talked about. I know John Brown. I made a hard push for mm -hmm. John Brown last year. And, you know, some, with these – High, you know, low risk, high reward. Sometimes you're going to get some whiffs, but we found out through the years we do. We've had some pretty, you know, at least fifty percent of these guys are going to pan out to be something. So that that juice is definitely. We even talked about George Kittle was on this list after um, going into his rookie year. Somebody who we liked his rookie year uh, going into as a rookie, but then kind of came out of the scene, and we we he was on that list real early in the season. Like you must go buy him. Kind of feel the same way about Mark Andrews. Um, Mark Andrews isn't. Uh, he, he's not on my list here to talk about guys, but he falls in that category to me of, again, what's the price tag? In a non-superflex QB, you know, one QB league, what is the price tag on Mark Andrews, right? Do you feel like you can get Mark Andrews for a late 2021st? I would think so. I would think you could. Um, yeah, I, I actually think that wouldn't be too hard to do in this draft class. I think yeah. that's something that can be done. And for me, I totally worth it. You know what I mean? If you're tight end needy, the back end of the first round, I mean, obviously there's still gonna be some very good players, but like, like in any draft, a, you could miss, but B, those guys might take a, a year or so before they're relevant to your team. So if it's something where you're, you're getting pretty close, but you're a tight end away, you definitely, I would definitely throw a first round pick out there for, for uh, his services. The nice part about Andrews too, is like, if let's say hypothetically you wait till like your draft day and you know, the first round's already done and you're at like two, one, two, two, and there's somebody on the board that 
that they really, really want and be like, look, you drafted Andrew or you got Andrews last year, but most people had him as their backup and he kind of performed and became their starter. He's like, you know, he's basically this actor. You really want fill in the blank, you know, Justin Jefferson. You really, really want Brian Edwards. You might be able to get Andrews for a second rounder come your actual draft day. Get him on that uh, draft day drool. Yeah, that, right that hype. I think the key would be a running back center, definitely. That like that That's why I think too, the back yeah. end of the first. And, you know, to me, I guess this would be, you know, not a low risk in such a, a, dra- a strong draft class, but, I mean, I feel really strong about Mark Andrews being not only – because there's about eight good tight ends, right? Mm-hmm. Like eight viable tight ends. You have 12 people in your league, but there's only eight viable tight ends, really, to get out there and get into your lineups. Maybe maybe nine, but we lost, you know, like Greg Olson's out, but there's some guys that are going to be stepping up here. Where would you rank him with, like, the Evan Ingrams, Hunter Henry's, Austin Hoopers, like – Pretty similar above. range above, no, above. all of them. I'd, I'd have George Kittle ahead of um, Mark Andrews, and I would have <sighs> Travis Kelsey, Zach Ertz. I see. It's the thing with Kelsey being thirty years old. You know, it just so so he might be hard. your tight end too. I would. Okay, here's Mark. Here's how I feel about Mark Andrews. All right, all right. You know, Lamar Jackson. We all know about his accuracy. So he 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 likes to. You know, it's easier for him to dump the ball off to his big targets, which they don't really have. Miles Boykin's a big target. Hurt all the time. He's not a big target. This offense has been run for years through the tight end, and no team targets the more tight end more than Mark Andrews. And spying a guy like Lamar Jackson is really going to open things up for a guy like Mark Andrews, who just has to basically beat the line, right? Um, when you got Marquise Brown, you do got Boyles Boykins out there. Mark Andrews was tight end number three overall from week one through thirteen last year. Young, uh, no, he's not going to go anywhere whatsoever. And this is a team that runs our offense through the tight end. Where, you know, Kansas City, yeah, Travis Kelsey's tight end one. And they run that offense, you know, equally through him and Tyreek Hill. And that's fair to say. But there's no guys on the top of the list like Evan Ingram. Um, you, can, you can argue maybe he's their number one option out there. But there's a guy on this list we're going to talk about today who I think will be the number one option out there. Uh, Hunter Henry. You still have Mike Williams and Keen Allen out there. Austin Hooper, you got Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley out there, and who knows where he's even going to play this year. We already, we've talked enough about Zach Ertz and what we think mm-hmm. about Zach Ertz, so I'd kind of give um, Dallas Goddard a bump. You know, Darren Waller, you can argue he's the number one option out there, but he falls in that category where Mark Andrews is the number one option in Baltimore on an offense that just moves the ball and get down to that red zone just with Lamar Jackson's legs. So he's – and then once you get rid of Mark Ingram – we don't know the next running back is going to be, but you know the best red zone option is going to be a guy like Mark Andrews. So basically, when I see Mark Andrews finishing the year this year as tight end three, I think for the next six to seven years, Mark Andrews is going to be a top four fantasy tight end. Yeah, I could absolutely see that mm-hmm. at a position that you know again, there's only eight really viable options, like most that you feel good about for the most time, for the most part. And, you know, we'll see some guys step up this year. So if you can get a guy that not only is top three scoring at their position, you know, Travis Kelsey dominated this year as tight end one, right? He still only scored 20 more points than Mark Andrews. That's a lot over a per-game basis over 13 minutes. He makes it over, you know, almost two points per game. Um, You know, but he scored 21 less than Mark Andrews. If you're getting a guy like that, a guy that's going to change your – team roster there's nobody that you're going to draft there late in the first okay that's not fair because guys like you know brian edwards 
you know, Keyshawn Vaughn, Zach Moss, guys like that, that could be in a position to score, you know, possibly more points, but nobody's going to give you a better edge over your opponents by having a well-rounded roster than having one of those elite tight ends. And that's where I feel about Mark Andrews, about tacking him for a late first. I would have no problem whatsoever because I do consider him. You know, if you told me right now you got to take Mark Andrews or Evan Ingram, I'm taking Mark Andrews simply for the fact that Evan Ingram's been hurt every single year, yeah. right? So yeah. that's that's a tiebreaker there. Hunter Henry. Awesome. I love Hunter Henry. We don't know the quarterback is out in you know, L.A. right now. Two really good receivers uh, to offset him, and again, has an ACL injury. And, and hurt his, I know it wasn't a tear last year, but got banged up last year. Um, Zach Ertz, I would easily rather have Mark Andrews. Travis Kelsey's an absolute stud, but he's 30. Mark Andrews is only like 24. Mm-hmm. So there's there's a six-year gap there that I'm getting six more years of, again, 20 points per game, but I can get four more extra years of a tight end that I don't have to worry about. Because, again, now you have to, you also don't have to worry. When you have a guy like, you know, George Kittle or Set it Mark it. Andrews, like you don't have to worry about forcing that draft pick. You don't have to worry about making trades or giving up assets to get this tight end that you need because you have them locked in. It lets you draft other positions. You're not worried about overdrafting tight end in a class this year that's not very strong at the tight end position. So that also helps your dynasty team as a whole as well. So not only do you have this competitive advantage over other teams by having an elite top-tier tight end, you're also non-draft committed to – forcing the issue, right? Yeah. Same thing about having a guy like, you know, Drew Brees. Or right now, if you have Lamar, you know, previously I've had him for 16 years. But if you have a guy like Pat Mahomes, you don't, have to, you don't have to worry about drafting a quarterback in your rookie draft for the next 10 years. Yep. Legitimately. You're you, just filling in spots around him, and, and you can just totally neglect the, the position in a 1QB league. In a 1QB right. league, there's always a good quarterback in the third round there. Right. And, you, and then you're like, you know what? I don't like any of these guys. Uh, I'm going to take Justin Herbert here. Maybe pans out, maybe doesn't. Doesn't even matter to you. Right. Doesn't even matter to you because you got Pat Mahomes. It's a, it's a luxury pick. Is it's what a it luxury is. pick. Yep. Same thing of having luxury. Can, and, and that, yeah, exactly. They're nice cushy seats. Yeah. It's a nice thing to have. Yeah. And again, and then it allows you to just take best value when it falls so you cannot force in a position where a lot of other times, too, then you get good value later because now everybody's forcing the running backs and the wide receivers. And that's where you find value at the tight end pick. The good tight ends go real high, but there's always value later in the draft because you addressed it early. It's always good to have a well-rounded team because then you're always in a position to take best player available, which is what we always preach. Yep. You know, always take the best player available. But sometimes if you have no running backs whatsoever and you got Clyde Edwards Lair or say Jonathan Taylor is a better example. Jonathan Taylor right behind Jerry Judy and you think Jerry Judy is definitely the better dynasty player, but you absolutely need a running back, you're going to take Jonathan Taylor. Now, is that a bad move? No, because Jonathan Taylor is pretty good. But at the same time, you're still going against, you know, taking the best player available, which is what you should always strive to do. Right. Give those assets. So I did, Mark Andrews not on this list, so I just kind of went on a rant about Mark Andrews. But I think, <laughs> I think I agree with you. I think you could get him for a late first, as long as somebody wasn't dependent on him. And I would 100% have no problem with that. Because you're getting a guy top tier of his position tier. And it's going to be hard for any of those guys like, you know, Zach Mosh, Keyshawn, Justin, you know, T. Higgins becoming that top tier receiver. Right. That's a much bigger hill to crime, climb. So even those guys turn good, you can't even be upset because you have a good you've, guy. You've had a guy that's been been playing on your team this whole time. Correct. So 
Let's get a couple of these guys also I have on my list here. Like I mentioned, Brashad Perriman. Make sure you check out uh, at EK Ballers um, thread on DynastyNerds.com. It's called the Fifth Year Breakout. He talks about Devontae Parker and Brashad Par- Perriman. And Devontae Parker is somebody who, you know, we've been pushing. You know, I saw something. An old, somebody, somebody screenshotted an old tweet uh, or something off of Reddit. And it said, yeah, I don't know about these Dynasty Nerds guys. Uh, they just said Debo Samuel is better than Dante Pettis right now uh, coming into the league. I wonder how long they're going to hold on to that. <laughs> and I laughed <laughs> uh, because, you know, Dante Pettis was just inactive for the Super, the Super Bowl. Bowl. <laughs> uh, you know, again, it's never good to sit here and talk about, oh, all your hits and not talk about your misses. But, it's, yeah. you know, what are you going to do? And then he said, and they, and they also think Devontae Parker is still a good hold. And then you should hold on to him or he's a buy low. And I was like, yep, another one. Somebody screenshot to me at like literally like a week and a half ago. Oh, I, I was laughing. And I was like. Yeah, Devontae Parker was a good hold, and I told you Debo was better than Devontae Pettis right off the draft. We got a lot of black on that. Like, people, like, came down on us hard, and we're like, dude, Devontae Pettis just isn't that good. Like, what are you talking about? He's a start. And they started off, like, he had those, like, couple good games. Yeah. Like, oh, where are you at now with Dante Pettis? And I'm like, yeah, I guess maybe maybe we're wrong. I still like Debo more, though. Yeah. Um, But so, you know, Prashad Perriman's on that list. But here's a big guy that I think that's going to cost maybe more than a third. I don't think many other players are going to cost you more than a third. Um, but this guy probably will. This is your guy, Garrett. Oh, this is, yes. I think there's thousands of people listening to this podcast right now that own this guy on their roster strictly because of Garrett's hard push at the end of our rookie breakdowns. And that's Darius Slayton, wide receiver for the New York Giants. He's only 23 years old, finished the last year, uh, as wide receiver 23, um, over the last four weeks that was, mm-hmm. and you know, this guy with four, three speed, he only started nine games, and he had 48 catches for 740 yards. He was ninth in uh, receiving touchdowns with eight, and that, I think that was the most for rookies there, mm-hmm. uh, most amongst rookies in, in his 14 games. And he only started for the Giants from week 16 to 15. And for those weeks, he was wide receiver 18 overall, averaging 14.5 points per game. So when he was actually starting there, was With a rookie quarterback. What were those weeks? A little bit, man. Six, uh, six through 15. Six through 15. Okay. Weeks th- six through 15, he was wide receiver 18 overall. He led the teams in receiving yards, and he led the teams in first downs with 32. Joe Judge is a new quarterback or the head coach there, but he did retain wide receiver coach Tyke Tolbert. So there's consistency there. For, and a big reason he said, I think Joe Judge came out and said, the work he did with Darius Slayton was a, a key reason why it. And this is like a really nice offense coming back. You know, Daniel Jones is the president of his fan club, a guy with good mobility and decent accuracy. Um, he's got a lot of good weapons around him. Saquon Barkley, Evan Ingram, the emergence of Darius Slayton, who I believe will be the number one receiver for the New York Giants. Sterling Shepard, who's a, a wide receiver three. And then Golden Tate. And Golden Tate's 31 years old, so his days are numbered out there too. I think they'll, I think they'll use Golden Tate this year, and then it's going to be the last year he'll be a New York yeah. Giant. And then it officially be the Darius Slayton show. And then at that point, you're just not going to be able to get for Darius Slayton for a second-round pick. You probably buy Darius Slayton. Not a high second, but even then, I'm not content. Like, if you told me right now, like, okay, you can take Justin Jefferson or Darius Slayton. Who are you taking? I think they're pretty similar players. Yeah, I mean, 
the nice part about Slayton is we already know where he landed. Yes. We already know that he was successful. Uh-huh. And we've seen the ceiling. I mean, he showed a couple of ceiling games. Like, it wasn't just like, oh, you remember that one really good game? Like, he had multiple games where he scored multiple touchdowns. You want to hear something here? I do. I got, a, I got a stat for you off the top of my Lay head. Lay it on me. Darius Slayton and one other receiver were the only receivers in the NFL last year to catch two touchdowns in a game more than once. They both did it twice. Do you know who the other receiver is? I know he was the only rookie to do that. He's only he, There's only two players in the NFL that did it. Uh, no, I mean, all, of all time, only rookie. Oh, I think it was Randy Moss or somebody like that. But I don't know. I don't know. No, Odell season. Beckham did it. Uh, oh, think, okay. I think Odell did it in his have. rookie year yeah. in 2014. Uh, Chris Godwin. Oh, only that's good company. Have. We're the only okay. other receivers to have multiple touchdowns out there. So, yeah, I mean, Slayton, Slayton does, does have a high ceiling. Caught Eli Mann's last touchdown pass. Hey, who? He's, he's got a lot of room to grow, too. I mean, this is a guy who really, mostly was their deep threat, you know, because yep. you got Evan Ingram underneath, Golden Tate underneath, and Sterling Shepard. So, again, as a deep threat, he has room to grow. You know what I mean? And he's got – pieces that are going to age out or expense themselves out around him as well to just kind of like default into that number one role. So when his, his route tree expands and he gets a little bit more like over the middle routes and starts running some of that action, yep. he can be even be more viable. And this is something that you love. Yeah, I did. Uh, and I mean, the crazy part is too, he didn't get much of a preseason because he was hurt in the preseason and then he only got and then he missed the first two or three games of the regular season. Yeah. So, I mean, he didn't even get Hamster. all of that crucial, crucial work, which made me kind of nervous about him. I was like, ah, oh, man, maybe this, maybe this won't pan out. And, and then when you, you, you got to see what was on tape actually on the field. And, you know, it was one of those things where for me, I didn't understand why he wasn't more popular. I get that it was a, a later grade uh, or, or a later round draft pick, you know, fifth round pick, but he had awesome combine numbers. He had really good tape. He went to a really good situation. He was the only wide receiver on his team with size. Everybody else was, you know, under, under five foot or under six foot. And he's six, one 190 pounds. Right. And you know, come from Auburn run first. Yeah. He, he, he played and he played in the sec and he did well in there. Like, all of those puzzle pieces kind of fit pretty nicely together to say, like, if I'm going to take a chance on somebody, I want to take a chance on somebody that had all of those things going right for them. Um, and sometimes those won't hit. Sometimes those will miss. I, I feel like, especially for me, I had a little bit of, of negative connotation just from all the Auburn people that have come out in the past who are always super athletic sure. and never really translates to the NFL. You know what I mean? There's sure. always something – there's always an issue. There's always, you know, he can't run routes. He can't catch the ball. There's always something with these Auburn players. They're amazing athletes. Right. But they, they're, it's a little bit of a rough transition, I think, when they come to the NFL. So I think that was always in the back of my mind when I was watching Darius Layden. Sure. So, you know, shame on me for carrying that over into to a, you know, to a, a, another player. It, it is player. tough. Sometimes you scout, you scout the helmet a little bit. I, yeah. I get in a tendency of yep. doing that too. Like, oh, they have a bunch of good running backs that have come out. Like this guy's got to be good. Sure. Sure. So, it, you know, in that, and those are the lessons that I have to learn, you know, almost on a semi-regular basis. Like, Hey man, you got to kind of wipe the slate clean at the end of every year and, and just, just watch the player. Try not to watch the helmet. Like you were saying. So. So look at value wise. So I mentioned second round pick. You could probably get Darius Slayton for a second, mid second round pick. Um, 
I wouldn't be a. I don't now again. I don't think this is what you have to pay. Like I think you can get away with just a second. I really do, preferably mid. But like, I don't think when you're talking at two, 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 three, two, four range is really out of the question here for a guy that you know. Again, a fifth round pick is still draft capital because he's a fifth round pick. And those, you know, I know it's like, oh, people are like, oh, Hakeem Butler fourth round. That's still a fourth round pick. Like teams still value those picks. All right. right? Um. Like you mentioned, Garrett, like we've already seen what he can do. Like he already shown that he could produce here in the NFL. So why gamble on a rookie? If you're going to gamble, gamble on something that you've already seen. And to me, that's Darius Slayton. And I think, I think Justin Jefferson and Darius Slayton, you know, with their size and, you know, their outside ability, I think they're very comparable players. Like you would hope, like if Justin Jefferson came in and did exactly what Darius Slayton did, right? Be thrilled. And say Justin Jefferson gets drafted in. Top of the second round. So I was going to say second round. Probably. Right? Yeah. People would be like, oh, I need a 2021 first for Justin Jefferson, hands down. But the fact that it is Darius Slayton, the fact that he did, because Justin Jefferson would then be probably be, if he goes in the second round to a decent team, he'd probably be a late first round pick here in our rookie draft, right? Probably. You know, so people are going to, for sure, be like, hey, I give up a 2021 first to high, you know, in, in that awesome class. The fact that Darius Slayton was a, you know, a fourth fifth round pick in a rookie draft still fun. undrafted in some leagues right because yeah. in and most of that push was literally because of the guy sitting to my right here garrett price um you know this is somebody you could get for this mid to high the late second and to me that's good value because again if you can draft justin jefferson if you're, if you're willing to take justin jefferson from pick eight to 12 then you absolutely 100 percent need to be get, thinking about giving that second. So if you're in a position where okay, you you you're you're reloading, right? We're not rebuilding here, we're reloading. And you got picked 2-4. And you know you know that might be a strategy to say, "Hey, I like Jerry Judy a lot, but I really need a running back too." I'll I'll listen to what, you know, the guys were saying on Nerds. I'll just draft, you know, JK Dobbins or Jonathan Taylor here and then I'll just give up 2-4 for um Darius Slayton. For Darius Slayton, yep. and that's two home run hits that will likely be in your starting lineup next year, right away. Right away. Mm-hmm. And then that's you're starting to turn around quicker because you got now a year advance on your receiver, which is always great to have. And again, at 2-4, by the time the draft comes, like Garrett said, the hype going on, you might be able to get Darius Slayton in their 2021 third. You, or fourth. you really might. And if you could do that, even better. Yeah, I'd rather take a 2021 third or fourth, like just a shot at the wall for free, and get there for a trade that I'm willing to do straight up. But that's how I'm approaching it. Hey, man, I'll give you two four um, for Darius Slayton in your 2021 third. Because they're all caught up in that 2020 class anyway, so they don't even care about 2021. And they say third. And they go like, um, a lot of times just to get a deal done, because, you know, obviously you're in a rookie draft sometimes. Yeah, they're like, uh, I can't do a third, man, but I'll give you a fourth. And you're like, all right, because I just wanted Darius Slayton. Anyways, right. I got, got what I was looking for anyway, yeah. and now I just get an extra. Let's shake hands. Why are those so greasy? <laughs> don't worry about it. Yes. <laughs> Uh, so you guys like that? Darius Slayton? Oh, yeah. Buy? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Yep. All right. Um, another guy I have here on my list is a guy we've talked about last year who was on this list. And there's a lot of factors that turn him off this year to a lot of players. And a lot of people are probably definitely going to be down on him again is Curtis Samuel, mm. who was wide receiver 37 last year. I still love Curtis Samuel. He's only 23 years old. They're bringing in two really good college coaches in Matt Rule from Baylor and then the offensive coordinator for LSU last year, Joe Brady, to work with this team. You got DJ Moore there. You got Ian Thomas. You got Christian McCaffrey. Yep. That's a good core. You know, I love DJ Moore. Somebody wrote me today 
Uh, they sent me a text like, dude, you have DJ Moore as your wide receiver five. You need to explain yourself. And I'm like, I don't know. He's 22 years old. He's had over 1,000 yards receivers. He had 1,200 yards receiving with uh, you know, Kyle backups. Allen's quarterback in backups. Like He's got, he's got two really good coaches. He's going to be amazing. That's why they're mine. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I love DJ Moore. Like, I would love to have him every single time. But who wouldn't, right? For sure. So, but Curtis Samuel. So, going back to Curtis Samuel, Curtis Samuel is a really dynamic, former really high second round pick for the Carolina Panthers, is a really dynamic athlete. And he's somebody that just his skill set last year was literally the complete opposite of what Kyle Allen had to offer. They're coaching. The weapons around him did not help Curtis Samuel. It was pretty much just, hey, let's funnel this into Christian McCaffrey and DJ Moore. And DJ Moore's talent kind of like excelled there. Well, the reason why he doesn't didn't go didn't really excel in Carolina was because a lot of his passes, like Curtis Samuel was really good at getting open downfield. And he was open, like looking back at it last year, he was open a lot down down uh downfield last year. Twenty percent of his targets were uncatchable last year. Uncatchable. He's only twenty three. Um and Kyle Allen started hot, but he I mean Pulled off real quick. Real yeah, quick. Yeah, it was it was it was like a two or three game stretch, and then yeah. it, then he kind of fell off the map. He still finishes wide receiver thirty seven, right? And he only had two games with more than eight targets. That is it. Two games That's with right. more than eight targets. He consistently got open, but Kyle Allen was just too awful to hit him. I mean, awful. If the ball was over fifteen yards, I had a better chance of becoming the world's hottest man than Kyle Allen <laughs> did of connecting this football, right? That's atrocious. 40, 42% of Curtis Samuel's targets were more than 15 yards downfield. 42% of them. He was a downfield threat. He just needs somebody to come in here, like wor- work an offensive game plan with a solid quarterback to fit his skill sets. And I think that's exactly what Carolina did, bringing in Joe Brady and Matt Rule. Curtis Samuel was talked about last year. Some players probably went there and bought him on my recommendation. And I feel like Matt, you know, Matt said maybe some guys were a year ahead of, like guys like Mike Williams. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Curtis Samuel's still into that category. I'd still category. Buy him. You can buy Curtis Samuel for a second round pick. You might be able to buy him for a third. That'd yeah. Be- yeah. After last year, I was going to say that that price might be going down. If you have three one, especially on, well, I'm going to keep going back to that well, but especially on draft day. If you have three one, three two, or three three, and you can get Curtis Samuel. Today, you got the rich dots. Where does that get you? I don't know. About a 70% hit rate. So, I'll take that. Yeah. Go in the Hall of Fame if I was a baseball player. And you you definitely take that for a third-round pick. You know what I mean? A 70% hit rate is would be a great. Fantastic. This is a guy that's just too young, too dynamic, too many other pitchers around him not to succeed. Not to succeed. Because, again, he didn't succeed last year because – he was dropping footballs, or he was running wrong routes. This is a guy who was consistently getting open. We saw in the preseason when Cam was playing, like in practices, Curtis Samuel was tearing it up downfield, up here in, in preseason, in um, training camp. Oh, here's – you'd see the beat reporters. Here's another big play by Curtis Samuel downfield. What's new? This guy's going to be a weapon this year. What, well, uh, it's because Cam Newton can give him the football downfield. 
I haven't been looking at a lot of mock drafts, and I don't follow the Panthers close enough to, to know where they pick in the draft. Do either one of you guys know? Seven. Seven? Okay. Yep. So they're in a range where they could probably, if things fall the right way or if they trade up, they're at least in a, in a range where they could trade up to get a quarterback. If if Cam oh, Newton, yeah. you know, his ankle or, or whatever was wrong with him, I can't even remember anymore, um, still isn't right, which they said that they're going to be working him out, correct? Like coming up here before the whole process kicks off to kind of kind of see where kick, he's the, at. kick the tires on him, see where he's at. They have options. They can, you know, they can draft a quarterback. They can move up for a guy like Tua if they mm -hmm. love him. You know, I mean, I guess, you know, these are two college quarterbacks, so they're going to know better than anybody. They might trade up for the three to grab Tua, yep. or maybe they bring him Phillip Rivers for a short period of time, or I maybe James Winston. Comes free. Yeah, I wouldn't love that for his value though either, because you know Philip Rivers. Basically yeah, we saw what happened. <laughs> he showed that he can't he can't get the ball downfield anymore. So, I, I I like the can I like the connection between him and Cam because Cam obviously has a strong enough arm to get it downfield when he's right. Um, so if they do the workout and everything is good, then you know I think I would expect to see a little bit of a bump in his value. But you know if, if they're bringing in a rookie, it really does depend on the rookie. You know what I mean? If they're bringing in from, I'm not in love with that either because that's sure. not a that's not a good match from an arm strength uh, yeah. standpoint. Or, or you know, anybody just, better than Kyle Allen? From though? I mean, I don't know. I, from what I've seen, he's, 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 a, he's a good intermediate passer. He doesn't have a strong arm, and it seems like the ball floats a little. Oh, that's right. Right. So I mean, I guess. It, that's where this kind of lies with me. This his his particular value kind of lies with who they're who they're going to end up bringing in. Okay, and that's fair because you you could argue anybody any you know Mike Williams. We're sitting there saying, oh Mike Williams, Mike Williams, Mike Williams, Mike Williams, and okay, well let's who's the quarterback and are they going to shore up the offensive line? Sure. Because so, you know, so, a lot of those pressures of Philip Rivers King because they had a shitty offensive line. So if you wait till draft day, like Garrett's suggesting, and throw that third out there, it it the whole situation may have changed by then. You know it's what true. I mean? It, yeah, that could, they that they could have brought in they could have brought in a stud quarterback. They could have traded up and gotten, uh, you know, Herbert or, or whomever. They could have drafted another receiver that was their guy. You know, and right. There. I mean, there there are a lot so of this, possibilities. But as of today, this guy's a this, he's just a very he's I he's hard for me to nail down uh, as far as you know when to go get him. I think he's definitely a talented guy. Um, but the situation is, it, there's just a lot swirling, I guess. For me. I, I love the third round pay that you mentioned, but for me personally, and that's, I understand you're confused about it or not confused. You're like, you're not hundred percent bought in yet. Right. I would give up a mid second for Curtis Samuel, like today in today, without even knowing who the quarterback's going to be or what mm -hmm. I'd give up a mid second. I would give up a third right now for him. Yeah. And I'd be fine with that. Okay. I just don't know if you wait till draft day if the whole situation may have changed and then maybe, and maybe it's, you know, that whole situation's blown up and you can't even get him for the third anymore. If they bring in somebody good. So try today for the yeah. high third and then go right. from there. Yep. Okay, cool. Let me tell you guys about something. Oh, hello. Oh, that's right. There's no bold predictions because this is just something. Those are my magic crystal balls. And there's no way I could possibly predict the future if I couldn't read my crystal balls. Right? So let me tell you about somebody who's supporting this podcast. Who It's really funny because I got something for Christmas. Uh, and they, they reached out to us about their support. And this, today's support brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best and men's below-the-belt grooming, Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. That's right. Sometimes you got to bonsai that bush, right? you gotta be, you got to be very meticulous when you're cutting around the, you know, testiculus. Testiculus. Yeah, you got to be very particular <laughs> when you, uh, you cut around it. And that's what Manscaped brings for you. I actually got one of these for Christmas, uh, and it's pretty amazing. Uh, if you want to murder somebody, this is not your best tool of action because... This thing ain't cutting nobody. No, right? it's a not, it's a it's a no cutter right there. It's a right? it's a, a no cutter. Yeah. I mean, you give this thing 
they just came out this new Manscaper. It's a 3.0 lawnmower, and this thing is got all kinds of fun tools. I mean, they redesigned it. It's electric trimmer. Uh, they spent 18 months perfecting the perfect greatest ball hair trimmer ever created, and just released a new and improved lawnmower 3.0. This is the third generation. It's got the dock. It's got the camera on there. This is the camera. The camera. That, uh, the, light, the light. The little light in the front. <laughs> it's waterproof on there. And listen, man. You know, as, as men, as this is, mo- I'm sure women can use this too, but this is mostly you know a men commercial here. Um, but everybody needs this tool, right? And right now, you can get this tool for 20 percent off by using the promo code Nerds. Nerds. 20 percent off. And listen, I've used this. We've all used this. Mm. Yes. And mm-hmm. it's to say it's amazing. Because you can use this for any kind of hair that you have on your, well, body hair. Um, you <laughs> is know, there another kind of hair? Wake well, up. for you Sasqu- Sasquatches out there, this is the tool for you. Manscaped.com. You can take care of all your your manly regions perfectly for your lady friend or your boyfriend or any other friend that you have that you like to walk to. Like to walk. Maybe, like, maybe you go to nudist colonies. You know, Don't look ridiculous with some gigantic... You know, if you want to, you know, have a good tree, you got to trim that bad boy, right? Or it doesn't grow into something ugly. Right. You're going to tear it down, cut it down, and it's nobody likes that. Leaves falling everywhere. You don't want that. You right? ever cut and groom your whole yard and then not weed whack? Uh, yeah, that's disrespectful. Around all the trees? Ooh. It just doesn't look right. And then, no. you, and then when you take care of the trees, everything looks great and yeah. the, lawn, the lawn looks perfect. I mean, same same yeah, principle. People come over, compliment you, like, exactly. your yard looks great. Exactly. Yeah, right? yeah. And what's better than getting out of the shower and then your significant other is like, wow, Rich, you finally look great. <laughs> I'm like, oh, that's all it took. Thanks, Manscaped. So make sure you check them out today. Get 20% off and free shipping with the promo code NERDS. At manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. Use the code NERDS. Again, friends, we only advertise with things that we believe in. My wife got me this for Christmas, and then it just happened to reach out literally like a week later about advertising the show. I'm like, this is just too good to be true. I already love your product. Exactly. Manscaped.com, promo code NERDS, 20% off. That's a big savings. It's a no cutter for down yeah. under. I, pro- <laughs> I promise you. I pro- rich dots and guarantee that you'll be like, this is best advice you ever given me Absolutely. over taking George Kittle. <laughs> Let's get back in some of these uh, buy low, high risk or low risk, low risk, high reward guys. You're all flustered now. I'm just so excited because I'm so I'm lighter actually. Like I weigh less than I did before getting this gift. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. I'll, I'm out of the jungle, baby. I'm, I'm I'm here, and you're never too old to look good. Hey, feel good. Feel good. Look good. Exactly. That's why I feel great. There you go. Because I look great. Maybe. Um, Tyler Higby. Tyler now, Higby. this is another guy that EK Baller wrote, Eric Quartz wrote as well. So I want you to kind of direct that, uh, that article too. Um, if you click on that Prashad Perriman article and just click on his name and bring up all his articles, he wrote this one on January 5th. And Tyler Higby, I mean, the big debate right now is between Tyler Higby and Gerald Everett, you know, but Tyler Higby just got top 10 money. And Gerald Everett, even though he was a second round pick by Sean McVay, didn't get that top 10 money. They could easily sign him because he's a free agent after this year. And Higby, over the last four weeks of the season, was tight end number one overall. Numero uno. And really, I mean, I know they got Cooper Cup, and I know they got 
you know, Robert Woods and Brandon Cooks, but the running game's kind of disappeared. Brandon Cooks has somewhat disappeared. So Tyler Higby became a very viable option for Jared Goff late in the season. And like I said, Eric Quartz at EK Baller on Twitter really breaks down that comparison between the two, Gerald Everett and Tyler Higby, really well in his article. So I'm going to let him take it from there. I highly recommend going and reading that, but I think Tyler Higby is a really good buy, especially in tight end premium leagues. I got him for 212 in a super flex tight end premium league. What do you think of that? That's a real nice deal for for you know a, a tight end premium type of league. For that's, sure, that's amazing. For sure, I felt really good about it. Like yeah. really good about it. Like I just sent it thing. Like he's like, hey, I'm accepting offers for Higby. That's the best offer he got. But I sent two twelve over, and he's like, you never know. Accept. Might as well always throw something over. Like the worst thing I can say is no. Right. I mean, he finished those seasons so strong. Like you said, weeks thirteen through seventeen. But even if you expand that a little bit, uh, you know, you go from ten to seventeen. He was still tight end three. So I mean, it was like the whole end of the year, and then included a goose egg. And so he's really those last four games. I was looking at target numbers earlier. He it was like 11, 13, 14, 11. Like they were peppering them the football. And Everett was out, which people like, oh, that's the people's be arguments. And again, Eric breaks this down really good in his article. Like, oh well, you know, Everett was out, but he explains why he could be just a better overall tight end anyways and Higby does block well so I do need Gerald Everett to leave the team so when they're when they are running 12 12 personnel which I think was only under 20 percent of their snaps uh you know Higby is going to be their receiving option not Gerald Everett because Higby does block better than Everett so one of them's gonna have to stay back and block it's going to be Higby so we just need Gerald Everett to leave so maybe this year won't be the big Tyler Tyler Higby year, which I still think they're going to utilize him, but certainly in 2021. I mean, I think he's proven that he can do both. You know what I mean? Oh, I think no matter what, even when they go with the commodity, he's going to still be the number one target. Again, they didn't give him top 10 tight end money for no reason. Exactly. That's that's a good point. And the fact of the matter is, if you got a guy that can do both, he's just going to be, he's more likely to be on the field. You know what I mean? That So there's that argument. Mm-hmm. As, whereas in Everett, you can only bring him in as in passing situations. And, you know, most likely he's going to be off the line of the scrimmage and, and flexed out in a, like a slot type of position. So I, I for me, Higby is, is the, the clear buy. For the price range, you know, they have the even possibility. Like just here, this is where the juice is just worth the squeeze. Like you're, right. you're shooting a little high here for a guy, but like you're hoping he, that can translate to top five tight end finishing, you know, because then you're going to jump ahead of guys like Austin Hooper, Hunter Henry, potentially. These are guys we're talking an elite. Like if he could jump those guys and, you just got a really good bargain because ain't nobody selling you uh, Hunter Henry for a late second. Nobody's selling you no. Austin Hooper for a late second because these are guys you people rely first on. First round picks. Yeah, Dude, nobody's first. relying on Tyler Higby right now. He's everybody's like nobody went into the season like, oh, Tyler Higby's my guy. You know, he just sprang out to him at the end of the year, and you were probably starting at the end of the year, but you're like, okay. I bet a lot of people are looking at it like, hey, I, I need to, I need to sell why they're getting it's good. You know, uh, I think similarly, you can look at a guy like uh, Mike Kosicki who finished the year pretty well. Like he was, he, you know, he started very, very slow, you know, was getting maybe two or three points at the beginning of the year. Mm -hmm. And then they started really getting him involved, you know, like pretty much from the midway point to the end, but then he really kind of caught fire in the last few weeks. So I think a lot of the the same things that you've said about Tyler Higgins and say say about Gesicki. 100%. Because I I would say Gesicki is much much better than a guy like uh, Higby. And you want your tight ends to be tight ends that you don't want your to be a good blocker you know you it's don't a, want that it's a bonus but you don't want him 
pigeonholed in a blocking role. It, it's it's reason guys like OJ Howard aren't as good at fantasy options because they ask to get, you know if you're getting asked to block at sixty percent of your snaps, that's a huge fantasy hit. Like you don't want you want guys like Noah Fain who aren't going to be asked to block. You know what I mean? Well, I don't know. I mean, George Kittle's a, an amazing blocker. Right. I was going to say, I think it all depends. Gronk was a really good blocker as well. So, I think it's So the they scheme. just always had him on the field. But they don't, I know, but they don't, they're not asked to block as much. They block well, but they also get off their, they also get off their blocks really well. They're not specifically asked just to block him. That's like, what I mean. You, you, you don't want a guy that's pigeonhole as a blocker. Right. And if you have two tight ends on the field and one of them can only go out and pass catch and one can block, i.e. Gerald Everett and Tyler Higby. Your most likely number one option in that situation is going to be a guy like Gerald Everett. Where like same thing, you know, and this, and that's not a bad thing because that's what NFL teams want you to do. So because they don't care about your fantasy points, they just want you to do that. And I I agree, dude. Gasicki is another guy in this list because like you mentioned, from weeks eight to thirteen, he was tight end number uh, nine in the year in PPR leagues, and I he came on strong and I love him because again the options there, it's Preston Williams, Devontae Parker. And Mike Gesicki. And Mike Gesicki is going to enter his, you know, was it fourth year? This will be this a third. Is yep. his third year, which yep. is a breakout year. Mm-hmm. For a guy that's taking these nice big steps towards the end of last year with Ryan Fitzpatrick coming back as well. So you have that, you know, that unity and guys that have a good rapport. I think Gesicki falls right into the category of a Tyler Higby that you could probably get for a third-round pick. Mm-hmm. That That's too good of upside for me than a third-round pick. If I'm gambling on... You know, definitely if you need a tight end too. Hey, would I have a third round pick and take a guy like, you know, Jared Pinky or Jeremy Pinky, or do I take Mike Kosicki? It's easily Mike Kosicki. Right, right. Yep. Speaking of the Dolphins, I have another guy on my list here on the Dolphins. Ooh, oh, another wow. one. Oh, you know it's your guy too. It's Garrett <sighs> yes. Show. Preston Williams. I gotta give I gotta give Jared and Dennis a lot of credit with him though. I, I think I think I had a, a little bit larger following, so people heard me more. Dennis Bennett, but but Dennis and Jared, which you know they're both with the nerds as well. They were on him even before I was. Okay, I mean, I mean he was a four or five star out of high school. I, I know he was undrafted in the NFL. Had some off the field issues, which mm-hmm. is why he went undrafted. But you're talking about a six foot five, 218, 22 year old receiver. Um, saw sixty targets last year. Caught thirty two of them for four hundred twenty eight yards and three touchdowns. He had a really big preseason. Didn't even really become a full-time player until week three. And he got hurt in week nine. Tore his ACL versus the Jets. But he was wide receiver 33. An average 11.5 points. Now, weeks one through nine, he's wide receiver 37. But as he got a good rapport with Ryan Fitzpatrick, those last couple of weeks, he really started, right? He got, he got hurt in week nine. But week seven, eight, and nine, those last three weeks, he really started to come on, which makes sense. An undrafted free agent coming yeah. in here, not getting a lot of showtime, disappeared in the, end, in the end. Middle of the season, started to come on real strong. And the Dolphins were atrocious to start the year, too. Atrocious. Yeah, I mean, if you remember, they were like basically being accused of throwing games. Right. And People like were saying clearing oh, off any, yeah, right. clearing off anyone off the roster was any good. So. so for those weeks where he started to get hot, Seven to nine. What do you think in PPR leagues? Where do you think he was, Garrett, wide receiver wise? In those three games, I remember he was on fire. Um, I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say, wide receiver thirteen. Nailed it. Did I really? Yeah. Dang. Wide receiver thirteen from seven to nine. Homie's got no computer in front of him. No <laughs> computer. <laughs> that was off the top of his head. I mean, he was a big play deep run receiver. I mean, all his action did come on the outside. All of it. I mean, literally 100 yeah. percent were outside deep throws to him. Um, 
And this guy can, again, I mentioned it earlier about Darius Slayton. He could be a bigger threat when they really open him up, you know, and they move him around some and expand that route tree because he has athleticism to do so. Big play receiver. Uh, once he gets to move around, you know, in that Miami offense, they have to get a guy who has good accuracy like Tua. And he's also got well, the, the deep arm. It's going to be a really good fit. And chances are this next season, it sounds like Fitzpatrick's going to be back regardless of what they do. Yes. And you know they have to invest in that offensive line, which really helps those deep play guys because, you know, we saw that in the Super Bowl up until about the fourth quarter. Mahomes wasn't getting enough time, couldn't get the ball deep downfield, started getting a little more time, doing a little bit less, keeping the running back into block to help out. Then he had time. He was able to get downfield. So I think some of that same thing will happen if the Dolphins can invest anything in that offensive line. There'll be more opportunities downfield. And they've got a ton of draft capital. So, so you, you, you have to imagine that they're going to address that in the in the offseason. Most likely, a team that's going to be on the come. You know, what Brian Flores did with that team was unbelievable. Really you know, is. so with all the draft capital that they have, like five first-round picks in the next couple of years, they're, this team's going to be better. And they have a guy like Austin Wilson for four years. They just locked Devontae Parker up, Mike Kosicki, and whoever the running back is going to be, they're going to draft a guy, most likely probably going to be, you know, D.K. Swift or, or uh, J.K. Swift. J.K. Swift would be one. Yeah. <laughs> Swift or J.K. Dobbins, someone along those lines. They're going to get a good running back, whoever yeah. they like, um, who's going to get a lot of opportunity, which is more, more important than anything. So for me, Preston Williams, again, somebody could probably get for a third-round pick. I think you might have to pay a tiny bit more. I think you might have to pay a late second, which I would do, which I'd be more than willing to do. I don't know. I, I think for the fact that he did tore, tear his ACL, I think, think that so? I think that moves it to that high third round pick. Like you mentioned before, like Curtis Samuel kind of range. Because like yeah. if you told me I had, if I could have Curtis Samuel or Preston Williams, I'm st- I'm probably going to take Curtis Samuel. Really, I think I would take Williams. But they're close. They're yeah, they're on the same level because sure. we're talking same draft capital, right? So I think same right now. Like if you offered for a guy that they took Preston Williams. In the the fifth round of the rookie draft, most likely, if they, again, if, if they did not pick him off the waiver wire, this is a guy who really only played for you know nine weeks towards ACL. Was wide receiver thirty? Was that was in the year wide receiver thirty three on you know in those time from weeks one through nine, he was wide receiver thirty nine in that even in that range. So it wasn't like he was a high end wide receiver two or anything. He was just a wide receiver three, and then gets hurt. So even though he had that really hot streak from seven to nine, I don't think that's really stewing in people's brains right now that drafted him. Because most likely he was still probably even on people's weight, you know, taxi squad, or not even comfortable enough to get into their bench, right? So right, I mean, cause thirty-seven. I mean, technically, it, that's where he was at. Thirty-seven is technically right outside of a wide receiver three, yeah. so it, he would be hard to start on a weekend, week out basis. He's somebody who's like, oh, I could start Preston Williams, ooh, or I could start this guy seems safer, right. you know, and. So I don't think that three-game stretch of seven, eight, nine is enough to really move his value up to a second. I just don't think it is for so. me. Maybe I mean it depends how big of a show fan of you that you know right. you listen to the show because then you're like, yeah, I'm not giving him yeah, up. I, like they told me about him. Would, would you right. be willing to give up a late second if it came to it? I think I'd, I'd be yes, yes. I also want to see how this draft plays out. Plays out in the overall it's such depth. a deep wide receiver. It is because I just want to see where this plays out, but most likely. Still, yes, because, okay. yeah, he looked good. It was a short period of time. He's still an undrafted free agent. And I know we liked to liked him pre-draft, right? Mm-hmm. And we talked him up pre-draft, and then he comes out and produces, um, which is funny because it's going to be opposite of what we're saying about Darius Slayton. But, again, that undrafted free agent tag, does it does mean something, True. right? It does mean something. Well, it, it, what it means is the, the – 
the team has the ability to turn the page whenever they want. You know what I mean? There's, there's they've invested almost nothing in it. Right. We, so we have to make so sure. the, the little slip up, like he had off field issues, the little yeah. slip up, he could just be gone. Yep. So I just want to make, oh, let's, let's see. I don't think they're going to do anything at receiver in the top three rounds here. Again, it's a really deep receiver draft. What if they go they best player so available <laughs> and they see somebody and they, again, what do they, 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 oh, T Higgins. Now you have T Higgins with their other first, you know what I mean? I think they have T- seven picks in the first three rounds. You know what I mean? So it's like, it is something gross like that. Yeah. It could be just something as simple as that that hurts, you know, Preston Williams. Sure. He's way more um, fallible than Darius Slate in my eyes. You know what I mean? Agree. Like, it's just, I agree. I'd rather have Because he is coming off ACL and, you know, the team might just be like, oh, he's coming off ACL. They, they have a protector investment. They end up just drafting a guy that we like more than Preston Williams, which is he's bad. Now, all of a sudden, he's the third or fourth option on his team, depending on what running back they, they get. And, yeah, can he still overcome? Yeah, but the risk is a little bit higher there. I like him here as a buy. I have no problem going with third. I don't know if today I feel comfortable giving up a second. Okay. That makes sense. Um, Another guy on my list here, another tight end, Ian Thomas. Yeah. Carolina Panthers, recent news. Uh, the Panthers just let Greg Olson go. He's got some meetings lined up with, uh, you know, like he's going to meet Seattle. He's going to meet the Redskins. Uh, so Greg Olson's going to have some good opportunity for a big guy. But Ian Thomas is somebody, you know, with Olson coming back, really hurt his value last year. Didn't get a lot of playing time. He, he did nothing no. for like the first, what it was like, 12 or 13 weeks of the season. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. He like didn't get shielded at all. Right. Well, maybe they'll split it up a little. Nope. It was very bizarre that he finished his rookie year really well when he got the opportunity. Every time he got an opportunity behind Greg Olson, he shot because he's a very athletic pass catcher running tight end. Like we mentioned that blocking tight end. They have um, uh, Chris Manhurts as their blocking tight end. So Ian Thomas will be their go guy. And, you know, where Matt Rule didn't do a lot with tight ends, but Joe Brady can utilize the tight yep. end pretty well. And again, I, me- I mentioned Ian Thomas when I was talking about Curtis Samuel. It was DJ Moore, Ian Thomas, Curtis Samuel, and Christian McCaffrey. That's a really good core for whatever quarterback for sure. they decide to go with out there. And again, I really like their coordinator and I like their head coach. So to me, Ian Thomas showed me enough in 2018 to get me excited about 2020 because all signs right now point to Ian Thomas is going to be the starter. Absolutely. An offense that should be pretty good. Um, He's entering his third year, which is a classic breakout year for tight ends. And again, this is a guy that you could probably get for a third round pick at the worst, right? Probably probably right now because the height is slightly higher because the news is only about a week old. You got yeah. This is one you got to wait on. Yeah. This, this is one you you need to wait. Draft day trade. Let, let things simmer down a little bit. People forget. Um, you know, but, but I, I agree. Uh, this is, this is a huge buy. I remember even, it might've even been last week that I was saying like, ah, oh, I wish like Greg Olson would just go away. Yep. I want to get, I want to get Ian Thomas on the field. So when that news broke, I was, I was thrilled. I believe that was last week. It might've been the nerder episode. I don't remember. Maybe, but somebody, got- somebody tweeted at me and said, like, I heard you say that. <laughs> I was like, that's right. It's all coming according to plan. I'll say it again. That's right. Oh, I hope. I hope Baker Mayfield wins a Super Bowl. Oh, oh let's see what happens. Hey, hey Pat Mahomes. Um, <laughs> so as we're as we're running out of time here, I, I want to mention a couple other guys on the list. No, we won't go as in depth here on these guys. I think that might be some good opportunity, opportun, opportunistic buys. Let me know what you guys think of these guys' names. Hakeem Butler, wide receiver for the Cardinals. Yep. A lot of people think like, oh, the Cardinals are going to take like CeeDee Lamb. I just, I just, 
the more I thought about it, like I just don't think the Cardinals will take a receiver because they took so many. No Keyshawn. They took Andy Isabella. Yeah, Hakeem Butler. They got Christian Kirk there. You know what I mean? Like. I think I think Christian Kirk. I was I was counting. Oh, you're okay. counting him. But that was the, obviously the year the year before. Yep. Larry Fitzgerald's coming back. They're going to pay him. So I still see them. You know, they took again. Hakeem Butler fell to the fourth. Yeah, but it's not that late of a pick where you can't be like he can't contribute. For sure. And I still I I'm still on this train. Like there's not enough that ha- he got hurt last year. So there's not enough for me that happened last year to get me off. You know, Hakeem Butler, six foot five. 227 pounds, ran a 4.4840, which is amazing for a guy of his size. I loved him a ton pre-draft. Like, he was my wide receiver, too, pre-draft. He's a big physical receiver. Um, you know, he, he runs the basic routes and everything, but he had really good hands, got off the line really well. I think this guy can be the next big receiver there. I think this year, going into the year, He's going to get a little bit more usage. I think Larry Fitzgerald's going to be a, a, an asset to a guy like Hakeem Butler. He won't be asked to start. You know, maybe Andy Isabella gets a little bit more time out there. Christian mm-hmm. Kirk, um, and maybe, who knows even they resign Christian Kirk, but then Larry Fitz is going to leave. So I think twenty twenty two is going to be a good year for Hakeem Butler, or twenty twenty one is going to be a good year for Hakeem Butler to take a really big step forward. Mm-hmm. I'm hoping to see some flashes next year out of Butler. Is what I'm hoping to see because again, this is somebody. Even though we loved him a lot coming into this draft class, like no Matt and I particularly, we knew that like 2020 wasn't going to be his year. Like this was a guy who had to develop some more as well because of his background and where he came from. And I think this is a really good buying opportunity. Though, mm-hmm. like the last thing you want to do is see flashes in 2020, like a couple of big games. The price tag is going to go up. You get Hakeem Butler for nothing right now. Nothing. Right, he's no, a throw-in. He, he definitely is a throw-in in another deal. So, so definitely like, worth a gamble in my eyes. I mean, just just on the the size and the fluidity um, at that size. You know, obviously thinking back and remembering his tape, he did have a couple of, a couple of untimely drops here and there. So, hopefully, the year that was kind of his redshirt year, he kind of got some of that stuff taken care of. I mean, nothing big. It was just concentration. It wasn't terrible. Type. It no, nine. Like, I have my notes that he caught like nine out of 10 balls most. You know, it was pretty good. Right. Um, so, it's one of those things where definitely juice juice is worth the squeeze, especially in that offense with, mm-hmm. with Kyler Murray. Um, so I just love to see that thing grow kind of as, as he grows and, and have, size ha- is there, man. have Hakeem Butler be a big part of that. Yeah, real good size, good body control, track the ball really well. Uh, his speed's there. To me, this is a guy who I'm still a believer in. Mm-hmm. And I know a lot of the times in the NFL and Dynasty, it's what have you done for me lately? And it's easy to say, you know, kind of I mentioned the show earlier, like, oh, these guys said Debo Samuel is better than Dante Pettis right now. And it's like, because Dante Pettis had this two good games. And it's like, well, okay, why did I watch all that tape? And I just didn't think Dante Pettis was going to be that good just to change my mind after two day, two games. Like it doesn't work like that. Like I, right. I'm doing myself a disservice. If I'm just going to like let a game or two, like change my whole aspect, I'll let a whole season change my mind. Like, you know, Derek Henry showed me this year that he was a really good running back in the NFL. Still in his best year ever. He was running back seven. Did anyone else really think that, that he looked a little worn out in that last game? Just, just, uh, he was getting ridiculous in those series. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's why he's a huge But at the same time, it's like when people, well, here's the thing. People are like, oh, how do you feel about Derrick Henry? It's like, dude, he's been in the league for four years. He had one good year. So for the other three years, I was right. 
You know, just because he's wrong, you know, he's coming out now doesn't mean I was necessarily wrong. Just because somebody has one really good year. Let's see what he does for two more years, right? Right. Because even if he just has two good years, where you drafted Derrick Henry probably wasn't worth it just for two good years. You know what I mean? So same thing about Hakeem Butler. I loved him pre-draft. I still like him today. So I'm not just going to go out and abandon ship. Definitely when he was first. I'm, I'm still in. So uh-huh. Hakeem Butler's on that list. Um, I think Justice Hill, for his price tag, might not be a bad option with Mark Ingram being a little bit older. And let's just see in the, case. You know, with, with his athleticism, I, I'm more of a PPR guy, but you're hoping he can turn into that, like, Duke Johnson, Tariq Cohen, kind of PPR guy that we liked before that, you know, one day might be a low-end running back one just out of, like, opportunity. Right, sure. What, what do you think about another guy um, who kind of flashed at the end of the year, Boston Scott, the running back uh, out of Philadelphia? He has to be, you know, a super – I mean, you could get him for a fifth-round pick or something like that. I guess you're looking just because of Miles Sanders' injury history. Right. Um, which is pretty high. Mm-hmm. Uh I think so, but I just like Miles Sanders way too much. He was running back seven weeks, 13 he looked, through 17. He and, looked really good. And I mean, it was, it was some, some time he was actually watching those games. I, I, I'm a hard no just because I think next year, 2020, is Miles Sanders season. I, I really like Miles Sanders out. too, but but I think Boston Scott's a nice little guy just for a to fifth. have for a fifth-round draft pick. I think he's more of an asset to the Miles Sanders owner. Yeah. Than anything else, because yeah, yeah. of his injury. You know, I'm I'm definitely buying if I own him. But mm-hmm. besides that, like I don't like, I don't like roster my, you know, definitely my running back roster with guys that I need somebody else to get hurt with. Sure. You know, unless they're my own guys. Like that's where, you you know, like in redraft, you're never drafting your backup running back. Like you're just not doing it because you don't have enough limited space. In dynasty, you'd always do that if you can. Like right, you either go trade for the guy. You know, like I did the move for Austin Eckler, which mm-hmm. turned out again that turned out to be really good. Right, right. absolutely. Um, if you made that move for, you know, behind LaDainian and you got Michael Turner years ago, that turned out to be really good. So, yeah, for in that aspect, yes, but it's mostly for Miles Sanders owners. But I like it. All right. You yeah. know, just for a guy that gets hurt a lot. Last little couple throw-in guys, uh, James Washington. You know, for the full year. But, you know, if you if you compress that down, you know, weeks 10 through 17, he was up to um, wide receiver 28. And that was with the kind of carousel of backup crappy quarterbacks Hodge. without – Yeah, yeah, with, without that flow. So he's a guy that probably, you know, showed me enough towards the end of the year that it piques my interest and, and at the right price I'd go get it. Wide receiver 16 overall in PBR leagues from weeks 8 to 13. Right. Pretty good numbers. Right, so he definitely put together at least a stretch of good games there. Um, kind of like you said, you know, you want to see, you want to see flashes out of Hakeem Butler. I think I saw flashes out of James Washington this year mm-hmm. enough that I that I'm interested in. Yeah, we mentioned him too multiple times about him and Deontay Johnson being really new, like in our bylo episode, the like two sure. guys that we thought had a really high episode. I like that too. I still, I'm still on the James Washington man. In, in a similar vein, Anthony Miller as well, who just who just wants to be another shoulder surgery. So another year went by where he wasn't quite right for then probably most of the year. So if he gets himself right, he's another guy that performed better in a short span than he did over the whole year. At, with the latest injury news on the shoulder, because he's something I was really big on going into 2020, and I thought it was like a really good buy. It's like, but now it's like, okay, my shoulder's now becoming a big concern. It's it's almost to the point like you know the way he plays too. You know, how many knee injuries can you have? Sure. You know, like now, I mean, he's always going to be using his shoulder. He's always going to be getting him there. So if this is going to be that kind of issue, like he's just never going to be right. Right. 
one of those guys, you know, that we really liked that came out and injuries kind of just took it away from him. I still like him for 2020. Yeah. I, I'm high I'm, upside. I'm it, interested. If there's a frustrated owner out there and I can get him cheap, I'm interested in a guy like Anthony Miller because I think he has the skill. Fits so. the title of the show perfectly. Yeah. Low risk, you know, low risk, high, high reward, mm-hmm. nice player. Yeah. Because again, I don't think Anthony Miller's costing that much. I mean, he shouldn't, especially considering, you know, he was only a second-round draft pick type of guy, and and he's just been injured pretty much the first two years. So right. you should be able to get him a low-end uh, second-round draft pick in this draft or maybe in top top end of the third, like we were talking with a, a few of these other guys. Uh, another running back that might be free almost, you know, like real late draft pick that you might be interested in, even if they draft a guy, which they might, um, Kenneth Dixon for the Jets. Mm-hmm. uh a guy we really liked a lot going to Baltimore. Nice athlete. The guy averages four, he still has an average of four point eight yards per carry and catches the ball really well. Really well. And and there's swirl, you know, rumors swirling about that Le'Veon Bell's not long for there. Yes. And they're gonna need somebody to run the ball. So and which means that if that's the case, they'll probably draft a guy, but we don't know who they're gonna draft. If they if they draft a guy who's not really good at catching the football, definitely in his offense with Adam Gase, I mean, he's gonna have opportunity to be you know, a flex player or, you know, again, that PPR running back. So Ken Dixon right now for the price tag has a really good, you know, yeah. line, you know. And that was one of those real sneaky, like below the radar type of additions by the Jets towards the end of the year was he, was picking him up. Honestly, Ken Dixon might be on your waiver wire. He really might. So it's worth checking on there. I think he's, again, real cheap ad. I own I own him in a couple of leagues, and I almost cut him at, at a couple of different times during this season when I needed to make space because he was just a you know he was a free agent for most of the year. So yeah. his value might completely dissipate here in the near future, but in, as of today, he's a nice sticky little stash. Not bad at all. Yeah, absolutely. So that's good, it. We're going to jump into this, wrap it up. We're yeah. going to jump into this nerd herd episode next. Uh, again, thanks to our sponsors, DynastyInternet.com. You should check them out today and Manscaped.com. Remember, use the promo code Nerds for twenty percent off of your Manscaped product. Again, it's get that three lawnmower. Ooh, vroom vroom. See you next week. Bye bye. Ready, set, Thanks for listening to the Dynasty Nerds Fantasy Football Podcast. Make sure to check us out at DynastyNerds.com for up-to-date Dynasty insight. And follow us on Twitter at Dynasty Nerds.